From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is a special episode of Battleground Ballot Box. I'm Stephen Fowler. In the weeks after polls closed in the 2020 presidential race, there was an all-out assault on Georgia's election results as former President Donald Trump and his allies undertook a public and private campaign to change the outcome in his favor. Erroneous claims about voting machines and election workers, endorsements of fringe theories by sitting lawmakers, and numerous failed lawsuits were mounting by the day, but prosecutors in Atlanta have honed in on a few key events and a few key people that they could soon argue broke the law. This is probably the worst situation of voter fraud we've ever had in this country. The actual results of legal ballots cast in the November 3rd, 2020 election in compliance with the Georgia election code cannot be known ever. The state is in turmoil uh, over this. And I know you would like to get to the bottom of it, although I saw you on television today and you said uh, that you found nothing wrong. I mean, you know. A slew of people inside Georgia and beyond participated in these efforts pushed by the former president, including everyday voters who believe the election was stolen, select Republican Party officials, lawyers and lawmakers, all the way up to Trump's closest inner circle. Not all of them tried equally to overturn the election, and not all of them are potential targets in what is expected to be a sweeping racketeering case alleging a vast criminal conspiracy to steal an election. But for some, like lawyers Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, Trump's recent federal indictment for his efforts to undo his defeat, combined with public-facing evidence from the special purpose grand jury that met recently in Georgia, suggests their day in a Fulton County courtroom could come soon. On this episode, we'll start to untangle a complicated web of some of the Trump allies that may face charges here in Georgia in the coming days. In the last episode, we left things off with a country on edge as Georgia finished counting its votes and Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger hinted at a close margin and likely recount. The final tally in Georgia at this point has huge implications for the entire country. The stakes are high and emotions are high on all sides. We will not let those debates distract us from our work. We will get it right and we'll defend the integrity of our elections. Georgia elections officials entered defense mode almost immediately as a fire hose of misinformation about voting, ballot counting and the outcome flooded the landscape. That included everything from Republican Senators Kelly Leffler and David Perdue calling on the Secretary of State to resign, many GOP lawmakers signing on to a Supreme Court case riddled with errors that even Republican Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr called, quote, constitutionally, legally, and factually wrong, as well as claims that because Trump had more votes at one point on election night, the only way he didn't win was fraud. You had conservative talking heads calling for a special session of the legislature to decertify the results, go back and re-examine already examined absentee ballot envelope signatures to match them to supposed fraudulent ballots for Biden, or to redo the election altogether, all things that were neither necessary nor possible. Or if it gets thrown back in the legislature, right. then we may make the decision. And, right. and that's what ultimately I'm hoping for, is that it comes back to the legislature and then we have to decide. There were plenty of people pushing for overturning the election, plenty of lawsuits filed seeking to toss votes or change the rules after the fact, and plenty who demanded the different outcome. But nearly three years later, there are a few key moments that appear to be in the crosshairs of Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis as part of a sprawling racketeering case, including 
a series of unofficial legislative hearings where Trump allies made false claims about the election and lawmakers' ability to change the outcome. Efforts to gain unauthorized access to election equipment in rural Coffee County, the plan to send documents falsely claiming Republicans were Georgia's presidential electors, and, of course, Trump's infamous calls to several elected officials demanding they reverse his defeat. In all, there are close to two dozen people that are likely to face charges soon because of their actions, actions that we'll walk you through as they happened. We're going to call the Senate Government Oversight Committee to order, and we're going to start off as we always do uh, with an opening prayer. When Georgia Republicans called their first unofficial hearing at the state capitol on December 3, 2020, they were seeking people with, quote, firsthand knowledge of problems with the election or fraudulent activity relative to the election. Even though there was no official question that Joe Biden won 16 electoral votes from Georgia. Father, we ask, dear Lord, that you would watch over this meeting. We desire, dear Lord, to know truth. And we, know, and we also, dear Lord, desire for there to be trust among our people, among the people of this state. When all the votes were counted the first time, including provisional, military and overseas, and every mail-in ballot received on time, Biden led by less than 13,000 votes. NBC News now calling President-elect Joe Biden the apparent winner in Georgia, and it's 16 electoral votes. Then, under a rule change passed by Republicans in 2019, a risk-limiting audit was conducted from November 13th to 18th that saw all 5 million ballots counted by hand that confirmed the correct winner, a.k.a. Joe Biden, won. Following that audit on November 20th, 2020, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger certified the results. Working as an engineer throughout my life, I live by the motto that numbers don't lie. As Secretary of State, I believe that the numbers that we have presented today are correct. The numbers reflect the verdict of the people, not a decision by the Secretary of State's office or of courts or of either campaigns. But that wasn't the end of it because the margin was within half a percent. The Trump campaign requested a recount that started November 24th and saw all 5 million ballots run through scanners yet again. During that time, Trump and others still attacked Georgia officials in the state's election, leading to harassment and death threats reported during the recount, including caravans of Trump supporters driving past Raffensperger's private home and a viral thread accusing a Gwinnett County technician of altering votes, culminating in an emotional and fiery press conference from Gabriel Sterling with the Secretary of State's office. Mr. President, it looks like you likely lost the state of Georgia. We're investigating. There's always a possibility. I get it. And you have the rights to go through the courts. What you don't have the ability to do, and you need to step up and say this, is stop inspiring people to commit potential acts of violence. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get killed. And it's not right. All of that backstory gets us to the end of the recount, which saw a final, final margin of 11,779 votes for Biden when things finally wrapped up. It's been a long 34 days since the election on November 3rd. We have now counted legally cast ballots three times, and the results remain unchanged. The 2020 presidential election was over and complete in Georgia, and Raffensperger recertified the results on December 7th. Disinformation regarding election administration should be condemned and rejected. 
Integrity matters. Truth matters. Today, the Secretary of State's office will be recertifying our state's election results. Then the safe harbor under the United States Code to name electors is tomorrow, and then they will meet on December 14th to officially elect the next president. But the reality of election procedure was quickly being derailed by an alternate reality pushed by Trump and his supporters. Even as the third count of ballots was nearly complete and elections officials repeatedly and painstakingly shot down conspiracies left and right, mostly right, Republican lawmakers and Trump allies met to hold unofficial hearings with the intent of convincing lawmakers in Georgia they could change the results using dubious means. Not everything was steeped in conspiracy. On the morning of December 3rd, state senators heard from actual Georgia officials explaining what did and did not happen in the presidential race. Here's then general counsel for the Secretary of State's office, Ryan Germany. Georgia has some of the strongest laws in the country to ensure secure elections. We don't allow ballot harvesting. We do citizenship, citizenship check during voter registration. Absentee ballots have to be requested through signature verified applications or through a secure online portal that requires a, a Georgia photo ID to match what's on file with the voter registration office. Signatures are then checked again on absentee ballots uh, when they're returned. So we, in essence, have a double signature match requirement. Absentee ballots have to be returned by 7 p.m. on election night. And my job over the past seven years has been to ensure that those legal protections are upheld under what's been an onslaught of legal challenges they have faced. Germany is a prominent figure in this saga, serving as the legal backstop against a lot of the efforts from fellow Republicans to subvert results and existing rules. He was on the now infamous call between Trump and Raffensperger and lays out in plain language in this Senate committee hearing that many of the theories and conspiracies floating about are nonsense, whether it's false claims about a settlement in regards to absentee ballot signature matching or suspicions about requesting ballots. Germany reiterated they only investigate claims based on facts. We open our investigations based off of specific allegations of fraud or irregularity. Uh, the, these, you know, our, our investigators, we have 23 investigators. They're all post-certified law enforcement officers. Um, they carry, they carry, they're, they're armed. They, they carry handcuffs. They have that authority. Um, so these are law enforcement investigations. Um, and so we want to make sure when we're opening them that we're doing it based off of um, allegations that are actually in investigatable and not, you know, feelings of, um, I don't like how, I don't like the result of this election. Also speaking that morning was Fulton County Commission Chairman Rob Pitts in what would ultimately be a preview of the strategy to go after the state's most populous county, home to the most Democratic votes. I'm aware of the uh, criticism that has been leveled at Fulton County. We're the largest county in the state of Georgia, but I cannot speak to what the other 158 counties have done, are doing. I cannot, but I can tell you that beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's been no instance of any unusual activity within Fulton County. I have been personally in, involved in it. Pitts detailed the work Fulton did to clean up and move on from its disastrous COVID-era June 2020 primary, including opening more polling places, pushing more voters to cast their ballots early, partnering with the Atlanta Hawks to use State Farm Arena as an early voting site and place to count ballots. They also recruited a slew of poll workers to make up for prior shortages. 
The morning's hearing featuring leading questions from Republicans about things they did not understand or felt were fraudulent, but the takeaway from the three-hour meeting was that elections officials were hard at work keeping things secure and trusted, even if some members of the Republic refused to accept it. Coming up on the podcast, presentations by allies of the former president were intended to convince Georgia lawmakers that they, and not the voters of Georgia, could decide who controls the White House. We'll be back after this short break. Georgia's DBHDD reminds people that the Good Samaritan Law can save lives during alcohol and drug overdoses. People are urged to call 911 and stay until help arrives. More information at opioidresponse.info. This is Battleground Ballot Box. I'm Stephen Fowler, and we're tracking the multi-pronged effort pushed by former President Trump and his allies to overturn his 2020 defeat and who might be in legal jeopardy going forward. Before the break, we listened to one state legislative hearing where lawmakers heard from state and local officials explaining how the election improved over the COVID-riddled primary and answered questions about how secure and trusted the voting process should be. Then there was the Judiciary Subcommittee, which opened with a prayer from now-retired Senator Bill Heath. If there's anything that's not truthful that uh, might come out of our mouth, I pray that you would just uh, remove that from from our minds, give us civility. Lord, we just pray that the truth would be brought to light in this meeting and that everything that is said and done here would uh, bring honor to your name. While the first hearing hinged on learning from experts, the second hearing, which came after three counts of Georgia's ballots, was more wide-ranging and accusatory, led by outgoing Senator William Ligon. These complaints deserve full investigation. In fact, even though the national and local media are pretending that there's nothing to see here, we in the Senate have a constitutional responsibility to get to the bottom of what happened. And if the evidence demonstrates problems in the election process, we have an obligation to take appropriate action. We don't know where the investigation will lead, but failing to examine the evidence would show utter disrespect and even contempt to the honest citizens who saw what they saw and cannot in good conscience keep quiet about it. That brings us to the first set of people who could be in the crosshairs of prosecutors, starting with Ray Smith. I am honored to be the uh, uh, lead counsel for the for Georgia's uh, <clears throat> for the president of the United States. Smith filed an election contest in Fulton County Superior Court that was full of procedural and factual errors and was also part of disgraced attorney Lynn Wood's efforts to stop certification of the election. He also led the portion of the hearing calling alleged evidence the, quote, tip of the iceberg in proving election fraud. It is impossible, impossible to certify the results of the 2020 presidential election. Normally, in an election contest under Georgia law, the remedy is a new election. That would certainly be possible remedy in the instance, and we are asking the court to order a new election. However, because the presidential election is actually a delegation of your constitutional duties as a legislature, you as a Georgia legislature are the body that is to choose the presidential electors. Smith proceeded to throw out numbers of alleged illegal votes, thousands of underage voters, felons, unregistered voters, dead voters, and more. Those numbers were not correct, and there is some evidence to support that at least some people involved knew that. 
And despite the election being counted twice, nearly thrice at that point, Smith told lawmakers, The actual results of legal ballots cast in the November 3rd, 2020 election in compliance with the Georgia Election Code cannot be known ever. Not by the Secretary of State, not by the governor downstairs, not by the voting public, and not by this Georgia legislature. That is why the election must be vacated and cannot be allowed to stand. And that is why the Georgia legislature must exercise and fulfill its duties under the United States Constitution, the Georgia Constitution, and Georgia law. The Georgia legislature must appoint the presidential electors to meet on December 14th, 2020. Smith turned the mic over to Texas-based lawyer Jackie Pick Deason, who narrated the infamous surveillance video from State Farm Arena on election night, alleging, among other things, that Bolton election workers were stuffing the totals with secret suitcases full of ballots after illegally kicking out observers. We did not know when we first watched this, okay, is it normal to store suitcases of ballots under a table, under a tablecloth? Is that how they run the place? Maybe this is what they've been doing all day. Maybe this is what they're doing under all the tables. So we went back and watched the video as a, a team of us. We don't see that. That video, which elections officials quickly fact-checked, showed official containers of ballots, not suitcases, and they were tracked. Earlier in the day, in the other hearing, they even explained that a monitor was present the whole time and claims otherwise were false. Democratic State Senator Elena Parent. We heard from the Secretary of State's office earlier, just a couple hours ago, that um, they've investigated this repeatedly, that they had a monitor on site the entire time. And frankly, this has been debunked for weeks by our Secretary of State's office. I doubt he's seen the video. Then I think the courts will probably be able to handle this once you present your evidence to them. As I'm aware, there have been about 40 lawsuits dismissed already. And according to the law of the state of Georgia, we do not have the power to submit alternate electors. The provision in the law is quite clear. Then the hearing, where nobody was required to be under oath, was turned over to Rudy Giuliani, who along with Jenna Ellis served as counsel to Trump and were part of the former president's inner circle pushing the false claims of fraud. I'm going to present two witnesses to you who are in the nature of expert witnesses who have testified in cases like this um, at times in the past. Those experts, Russell Ramsland and Phil Waldron, used fuzzy math and shady allegations of connections to the late Venezuelan leader Hugo Chavez to make nonsensical claims about Georgia. Waldron was subpoenaed by the Fulton County Special Purpose Grand Jury investigating the attempts to overturn the election. Another figure of interest is John Eastman, a conservative scholar who famously falsely said Vice President Kamala Harris is not a U.S. citizen, and who notably played a role in Georgia and other states by falsely telling lawmakers the Constitution allowed them to disregard their certified election results. The failure of state election officials to follow the manner you had set out in statutes uh, in conducting this election as well as the intermingling of illegal and legal ballots in significant enough numbers that the election can't be validly certified, quite simply means that the state has failed to make a choice on election day um, in accordance with the manner that you prescribed. 
Eastman and Giuliani are among the unindicted co-conspirators listed in the federal indictment of Trump earlier this month, and their involvement in Georgia's hearings could put them in hot water here. In all, there were five hearings in the month of December, but since lawmakers were not in an official session, they could take no official actions. The hearings did fan the flames of fraud in the face of election officials, however. A week after Giuliani and company wrongly told senators they had the power to decide who won Georgia's electoral votes, a House committee met and heard from Giuliani, Ray Smith, and other people who repeated claims already examined and found to be false. In some cases, their claims were debunked in real time, like when Democratic Representative B. Wynn questioned one presentation of alleged illegal votes from Matt Brainerd. Of the first 10 names she saw that were alleged to be out-of-state voters, Wen said she found public records that confirmed eight of them were longtime Georgia voters and property owners, and one was a duplicate entry. They claim homestead exemption on this home as their primary residence, and they pay property taxes on their homes here in the state of Georgia. I was able to reach one voter on the phone. The voter verified that both he and his wife still live at this address in the state of Georgia, and he has only voted in the state of Georgia. Giuliani also made wild claims about two Fulton County election workers that contributed to death threats being made against them, and he recently admitted those claims were false as part of a defamation lawsuit filed against him. It's a tape earlier in the day of Ruby Freeman and Shay Freeman Moss and one other gentleman quite obviously surreptitiously passing around USB ports as if they're vials of heroin or cocaine. I mean, it's, outsta- it's, it's obvious to anyone who's a criminal investigator or prosecutor, they are engaged in surreptitious illegal activity again that day. Documents obtained from the lawsuit also suggest that Giuliani and others knew before making some of these claims that there wasn't evidence to back them up, which may play into the district attorney's charging decisions in the next week or so. Among other things, Georgia has a law dealing with false statements that could be used to cover those speaking at the hearings, and prosecutors are expected to make the argument these hearings were part of a multi-pronged pressure campaign enterprise that's part of a pattern of racketeering activity, important distinctions for Georgia's RICO Act. The RICO Act in Georgia is far more expansive than even the federal act, and there are a number of charges that could stem from these legislative hearings and served as what's called, quote, predicate acts that could lead to a RICO indictment, including false statements and writings and influencing witnesses. The special purpose grand jury also indicated the possibility that some of the witnesses who testified under oath to them may have committed perjury, which is also a predicate act. At the December 23rd House hearing, lawmakers heard from Raffensperger and other top state elections officials who yet again explained why many claims made by Trump and others were false, pointing out segments that Newsmax and Fox News had to run as a mea culpa for spreading false information about the 2020 election and offering hard numbers to rebut claims made in failed lawsuits. They've also alleged that 66,000 underage people voted investigated that the total number of underage people who voted is zero. We were able to look at everyone who voted and look at their birth date uh, in the voter registration system. And I think there was four people who requested a ballot before they turned 18. And they all turned 18 prior to November 3rd, which means they're allowed to vote. Trump campaign has said 24, 23 people voted that weren't registered to vote. 
Uh, again, the total the number on that is zero because we can see um, everyone who voted uh, in our voter registration system. But on December 30th, weeks after the election was finalized, certified, and the authentic electoral college votes were sent off, Giuliani and several state Senate Republicans held a final hearing to try and toss out the results. This is probably the worst situation of voter fraud we've ever had in this country. Georgia is one example of it. You know there are other examples of it. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, um, just to name a few. And you, and in your case, you have documentary evidence of it. This is, uh, whatever, whatever the result, this election is going to live in history. Aside from repeating the claims about suitcases of ballots, Fulton County election workers, and voters that were already proven false, a new character entered the discussion in Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, a failed treasure hunter and inventor of a QR code reader that helped bankrupt Radio Shack, who claimed to hack Georgia's voting system in real time. He did not. While making inaccurate claims about finding fake ballots using imperceptible folds in the paper. What I'm going to be talking about is kinematic artifacts. That's the fold, the fold that's left over. You take a brand new dollar bill and you fold it. That fold will always be there. Go to a coin machine and a snack machine, trying to get a snack out of it, and put in your dollar bill and it kicks it back. It's the machine saying something's not right about this dollar. Something wasn't right about his presentation either, or any of the other speakers encouraged by Giuliani just a week before the Electoral College would meet and officially declare Biden the winner. And the efforts to cajole and pressure officials to reverse Trump's defeats did not stop there. These December hearings were just a small part of the effort to undo Georgia's presidential election results, but had a wide reach in convincing Trump's most loyal supporters that a second term was stolen from him. The hearings also contributed to sweeping election law changes pushed by Republicans in the aftermath of the January 2021 Senate runoffs that saw many conservatives stay home and two Democrats elected, flipping the balance of power in Washington and paving a path towards a more purple Georgia. On the next episode of Battleground Ballot Box. A security breach in a South Georgia election office. So they want to know if it was actually connected to the former President Donald Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. I am pleased to announce that Joseph R. Biden has received 16 votes for President of the United States. But whatever you can do, Francis, it would be uh, it's a great thing. It's an important thing for the country. So important. You have no idea it's so important. While Rudy Giuliani and his band of so-called experts were publicly pushing for a different election outcome, others were taking matters into their own hands behind the scenes as part of the larger election conspiracy, from illegally accessing voting machines to falsely submitting elector paperwork to calls asking to, quote, find votes. We look at the final pieces of the 2020 puzzle and how they fit together in a possible indictment of former President Trump. Battleground Ballot Box is a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting and is produced by Chase McGee. Our engineer is Jake Cook, our editor is Josephine Bennett, and the theme music was created by me, Stephen Fowler. Subscribe to our show at gpb.org battleground or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks for listening.